0: morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonia McQueen, with Your Mind, Your Body, Your Choice. Uh, it is December the 6th, 2022. It is a beautiful sunny day in South Florida, and I am going to jump right into today's lesson. Um, you know, not lesson, I'm sorry, podcast. I think I'm, I'm at work teaching a class. So I just knew what I was going to speak about today. I was excited about it. And I came into my uh, work room where my computer set up to do my work. And I I have this notebook. I'm the type of person I have like a billion notebooks. I'll start writing my thoughts and my, my, my words, you know, how I feel in these notebooks. And occasionally I'll just grab one. And start reading it. And that's what I did today. I just grabbed one and it's from August of 2016. And if I've never told you before, let me tell you, August of 2016 was a very dark time for me because my my husband, to be was in a one car accident and um, he almost died. He actually, uh, when I showed up at the hospital, they'd already told me that he was probably not going to make it, and that I arrived just a little bit too late to see him before they willed him into surgery. So, you know, I wrote a couple of things on this notebook I would like to read to you. Um, but this says 9.17 a.m., which is crazy because 9.17 is also my birthday. But I received the call August 25th and it was Jeanette, who was an administrator in the hospital, telling me that you, so apparently this is what I'm writing to my husband, that you were in a very serious car accident and asking could I get to the hospital. I was out of the door and in my car in less than two minutes. When I arrived, I didn't check in. I just ran in, in heels and a skirt, up a flight of stairs to the second floor. Both Jeanette and her assistant Maria were waiting for me. Then I wrote, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Psalms 31, 24. Jeanette grabbed me by my hand and said, come with me. That was the beginning. And every day after that, I just wrote what I felt. Sometimes I just wrote a song that was on my heart, and other times I wrote how I felt. So, I'm only going to read one more page and then I'm going to open this up. My subject today is When You Know That You Know. All right? When you know that you know that this is the person for you, when you know that you know that this is your calling, when you know that you know you're in the right place at the perfect time and everything is lined up perfectly, when you know that you know, you need to get out and go in another direction. When things are loud and clear for you, you know that you know. Your thoughts are accurate. So August 27th at 542, I wrote, It is so loud and it's crowded. I'm in selfish mode. Everyone is here for you. It's like a reunion. Hugs, kisses, memories being told. All I want is quiet, hand-holding in peace. This would be the time, if we were home, that I would run to the den. I'd sit, not watching, nor hearing the television, just me and my thoughts of you. I'm an I I'm on an island surrounded completely by water. My island has no food, no water, and no people. Just me and a block sized piece of land and one tree. And it's the tree. It's my praying tree. I see people all around me on other islands. They are laughing and partying and enjoying each other's company. I see them. I don't feel compelled to join in, though. I'm happy to see them enjoying one another. There's love on the other islands, and it's resonating for me to them. My love for them is full of sincerity, but it's my need to be alone that outweighs all else. My need for solitude drives some people crazy, but my living in this moment of solitude is keeping me safe. You know, sometimes when you're going through, all you need is peace. You need time. You need to be alone, to pray, to think, to feel, to let your feelings, your true feelings out, and you don't want it masked. By other people's feelings, you know, and it sounds so selfish that sometimes you don't want to hear how other people feel. You don't care. (laughs) You don't care at that moment. You only care about what you're going through and how you need to deal with your feelings. Somebody might look at you and say, man, you're so selfish, but it's okay. You be selfish in that moment. You be selfish in the moment you need to be selfish. You need to get on your island and close your eyes and talk to the Lord and get to to your peace. You do that. Even now, you know, we're talking six years later. My husband is, man, that accident changed him for the better. And it changed me for the better because we both recognized how much we needed each other in that moment. Now, later on, of course, as he got better, I got better. I wanted to be around people, and I endured so much when my husband-to-be was in that hospital, when he was in ICU, intubated, couldn't speak, couldn't talk, machines plugged up, you know, wrapped up this, cuts here, broken this, fractured that. But he endured. I needed my peace. I never left that hospital. I sat by his side when they allowed me to. When they didn't, I sat in that um, waiting room. Blanket, pillow. I slept in that waiting room a couple of days. They let me sleep in his room in a chair. And I did that. I did that. You don't realize sometimes how much you love somebody until they're either taken away from you are almost taken away from you. So I've learned through that one episode not to let a day pass when somebody is heavy on my heart that I don't reach out to them. I don't want to be that person to say, oh, I wish I would have. Gosh darn it, he's gone now, but I wish I would have let him know how important he was. I take advantage of that moment in the presence. I let people know how important they are to me as soon as they cross my mind. Hey, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. And I hope you have a blessed day. Hey, I just want to tell you that that thing you did for me five years ago, it still weighs heavy on my heart. And because of that, I do this and that and this now. I don't think anything. Ah, I'll tell him later because later might not ever come. You just never know what tomorrow brings. I promise you the day my husband had his accident. I was not thinking five minutes before I got the call from Jeanette that, you know what, later on, I'm going to tell Q when I get home. You know, that moment hit, and there could have possibly not been a later on for me and my husband now. You guys live in your moment. When you need to be selfish, be selfish. Don't make excuses. You do not have to have an excuse for wanting to be alone. You don't. You can easily tell people, listen, I just need a moment, please. And if they don't understand, that's their issue. Don't take that on. Because now (laughs) their feelings have interfered with the moment you needed. And you find yourself having to explain to somebody why you need a moment. Why do you have to explain Why you want to maneuver the way you need to maneuver. Why is that? I'm telling you, and this might sound a lot like a biblical teaching and I'm okay with that today, but that is nothing but the enemy trying to interfere with where God was trying to take you at that moment. Don't you let that enemy interfere. Don't you let it happen. Just say, hey, I'm sorry you don't understand, but I need a moment. And after that moment, I promise I'll come back because you're important to me. I'll come back to you. But right now, I need to be with me. I need to sit down and pray or think or or just walk through my emotions. But I got to do it alone. Thank you for understanding. There were so many bad days when Q was in the hospital. But it didn't waver my love. And I want to see him better. There were so many people who looked at me and frowned because I wasn't his wife. And they felt like we should be more important right now. Why are the doctors talking to her and not us? She's not family. And then there were other people in his family who were like, there's nobody else who should be here when he opens his eyes but her. That's who he's going to want to see first. It was like a tug of war. But I promise you, me in the middle didn't care what anybody else thought. Now, had it not been me going through that and I seen somebody else going through that, I don't know where I would have been. I know for a fact I wouldn't have been on that naysayer side. I've just never been that type of person. Ever. But on the outside looking in, how would I have reacted if somebody was in that kind of position and they had a girlfriend, not a wife, a girlfriend who was there? Now, I was more than a girlfriend. I was his fiance. I was wearing a ring. I wasn't wearing the ring. (laughs) So because I wasn't wearing the ring there were people who felt like I was insignificant and they wanted me out of there. But because I was wearing a ring, other family members felt like he loves her. She might not be his wife, but she's close enough. She needs to be right where she is, up front and center. But because of my love, the ring didn't matter. I could have been the girlfriend. I could have been his best friend. All I knew was, I wanted to be there. I didn't need the kudos. I wasn't looking for other people's, hey, I see you, girl. You're right there. That's what I'm talking about. I didn't need that. I just needed to know that he was okay. And even if he woke up and said, where is my brother? Where are my sons? Where's my daughter? Where's my sister? My brothers, my uncles, my aunts, and never mention me my heart would not have broken. I would have just been happy in the moment to see him alive and talking. But it just so happened that the one time he opened his eyes was the moment I had been there three days straight, y'all without a shower. (sighs) The moment he opened his eyes, though, I had went home to shower and get clothes. And... What I was told was the first thing he asked was, where was I? Followed by telling a family member, I don't like it when you treat her this way. He doesn't remember that. But it's what God placed on his heart when he was in that coma. Sonia and the treatment of Sonia by this family member is not good. Confronted. He went back to sleep. And when I woke, when I arrived back, of course, he didn't speak again for days. And I wasn't there for that, but I didn't need to be. My heart was broken that I missed him opening his eyes for that moment and speaking. But I didn't see the bigger picture at the time. I didn't need to be there. It wasn't for me. It was for that family member who was wanting me out of there more than anybody else, to hear, I was on his heart when he opened his eyes. So yes, I needed to be there. Whether that person wanted me there or not, he needed me there. And then to slap her hand and say, the treatment of my fiance has to stop. Now, of course, when I was told this by his brother, I didn't feel like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was heartbroken that I wasn't there. Just to hear and see his, to hear his voice and to see his eyes open. You guys, but love. You're gonna have bad days. Doesn't have to be your significant other. It could be your child, it could be your parent, it could be a sibling, it could be a best friend. You're gonna have bad days. <sighs> Don't let those bad days tell you. What direction you're going to go in in your future. (laughs) You're going to let a few bad days or a bad moment outweigh the love and the good days, the understanding, the relationship, the camaraderie you've had. Don't do that. Don't do that. Confront those bad days. Don't let them win. Don't let the bad outweigh the good and don't end relationships that have been nothing but positive in on foolishness. I've done that. I had a best friend for decades and I wrote a book about how she ruined my life and so many people understood and I understand why I wrote it, even though the book—the book's not about her, it's about me giving up a child for adoption, but a lot of people focus on her and hated her and they focused on my best friend and loved her I was writing my emotions nowhere in that book did I write how it was my decisions that landed me in the position where I ended up in her home that allowed the treatment nobody said why were you so immature Sadia Why were you so irresponsible if you weren't so irresponsible and found yourself pregnant a second time by a second dude and you weren't married and you didn't have a steady job? If it wasn't for all that, you wouldn't have ended up in her home. You would have been responsible for your actions had it not been for your irresponsibility. But instead, it was easy for me to blame her on me giving up my child for adoption. It was easy for me to go look for her to whip her tail. (laughs) Because I felt like it was her fault I gave my son up for adoption. I did not take responsibility for my actions. Take responsibility for your actions. Take responsibility for your reactions. When somebody, it, it, it's, it's easy to say, when somebody hits you low, you go high. But it's easier to hit them low, too, because you want to show them you are not the one to play with. I know for a fact I can fight. There's no way around it. I can fight. I'm strong. I'm good with my hands. And Back in the day, if you tried me and you put your hands on me or you you mushed me or you did something, I'm going to show you how good I am with my hands. Doesn't mean I can whip everybody. I'm no fool. I know there are women stronger than me, tougher than me. I know there are more men stronger than me and tougher than me. But it just so happens I never ran into one. Thank goodness. But. I've learned now when people use their mouths, I can smile and say, no problem, because their words are not affecting me. If you're trying to get me to the point, I want to raise my hands. That means you don't really know me. And if you don't really know me, why am I going to give you the satisfaction of reacting? Back in the day when I was younger and didn't know any better, I reacted. I'm older and wiser now. I can smile and say, no problem, you got it. And walk away. Now, don't follow me running your mouth because I'm going to get aggravated, but I'm still not going to try to go to fist to cuffs with you because that's exactly what it is, is from fist to cuffs. (laughs) I'm not going there. I have way too much to lose. I don't have to prove myself to anybody, anybody. I'm not living my life. For John, Paul, and Harry and these people I don't know. And I'm not going to lose my freedom or sanity for them either. I want to live my life in love. And it took me a long time to get here, y'all. And some of you right now, you're hurting, you're angry, and you're upset. And if the wrong person says the wrong thing at the wrong time, it's on and popping. I need you to go to your island. You sit on your island and don't worry about the people around you. Don't worry about them, why they're wondering why you're over there thinking by yourself, how dare you? Don't worry about that. In the end, you're going to come out victorious. But you go to your island, wherever that is your room, your den, your living room, your car, the water, the park, a closet. Wherever your island is, you go there and you spend that time thinking things through, praying things through, writing things out, rehearsing things. But make sure before you come off that island, you're to a point you have full understanding of why you feel the way you feel and how to turn it around. If somebody refuses to let you on your island, you let them know, listen, I need this. So that I come out better and stronger. Otherwise, things are going to go way left. And I don't want that. So I need this moment. And then thank them for understanding. Whether they understand or not. I so appreciate you understanding this. It's not about you. It's about me. Please don't make this about you. But don't apologize for needing time. Don't apologize for um, feeling pressured feeling sad, feeling depressed, feeling any kind of way, take that time. And if you need to take somebody to that island with you because you know that they can see things better and brighter than you can, take them with you. Because if they're that great and, and positive, they're going to happily go to your island with you. Happily. You know, I've had more people in the last eight years refer to me as their coach or mentor than I could have ever imagined I would have. And when they reach out to me, I know they need me and I'm there. I'm there. They ask for prayer. I stop what I'm doing and I'm praying. They ask for five minutes. I give them 10. They ask for 10. I give them 20. They ask for 20. I give them an hour. Because they're important to me. I don't talk about my friends in a negative way. And my friends know if somebody hits me up wanting to say something, I'm going to say, hold on, let me call them right quick. Let's get an understanding. Or, heck, did you talk to them about that? No, maybe you should talk to them about it before because that doesn't sound like them. There's nothing better than stopping a gossiper in their tracks. You want to stop a gossiper? say, hold on, let me call that person. (laughs) They'll never call you again to gossip. I promise. I've been there, done that. So, you guys, when you need your moment, you take your moment. Don't feel bad about it. You know, when love is love, point it out. When somebody does something great, you tell them. When it's on you. To contact somebody, do it immediately. When you have a great thought about somebody, tell them, call them, text them, email them. It doesn't matter. Just let them know how great they are. Let them know. I was having a really bad day. I'm going to say this. I'm going to end this. I was having a really bad day on Saturday. I woke up thinking, boy, my husband sure gets on my (laughs) nerves. I started writing out all the ways he get on my nerves, because I love to write. I love to write my thoughts. First, I wrote some positive things about him. And then I wrote all the things he did that gets on my nerves. And then I looked at my text messages, and I had a text message asking me to join a Saturday prayer. And I had never been asked, even though I knew that this Saturday prayer went on, you know, I usually shopping. I love to go shopping on Saturday, so I never joined it, but because I got this first email, I joined it, and halfway through the prayer, the leader spoke on how her husband sometimes gets on her nerves, and it was funny, you know, because in the end, it was like, oh my gosh, I was just saying that to myself this morning, and she was expressing a situation and how she felt at that situation How she was like, boy, I'm going to the nearest courthouse to divorce you. And it was funny because she didn't mean it. She loves her husband. But she was expressing her heart at the time. How she felt in that moment when he pissed her off. I was like, yes, I get it. I was just there this morning. but By the time we were done, my whole negative attitude had turned to a position of gratitude. I was grateful for that moment. I was grateful for that prayer request. I was grateful that that day she sent me that text to join that prayer. I was so grateful for my husband when I hung up. It was a total 180 from the way I felt just two hours previously. And do you know the positivity I probably was emitting from the depth of my soul, he had to feel it because the things I was complaining about, he turned around. <laughs> he did a 180. It was such a beautiful evening. and It was such a beautiful night. And it was such a beautiful Sunday the next day. And Monday, which was yesterday. You know why, you guys? Because that negative attitude I probably would have normally carried. And I probably would have, you know, kept distance between him and I and been silent. And even though I watched TV with him, I probably wouldn't have had much to say. And even though we went out to eat, I probably would have had a different, I probably would have, my aura would have been different. What I was given, my vibes would have been different. But for me seeing, it's okay to be upset with my husband and not like everything he does. He's my husband and I love him. And he was given to me, handpicked for me. So am I gonna walk around with a stink attitude? Even though I still speak, you know, I don't I don't realize, but you guys, we give off that energy. You might be smiling phony. You might be talking and responding. But believe me, you're emitting, you are releasing a negative vibe, whether you know it or not. But because of that timing, I got off that prayer with six steps of happiness in my soul. With praise and rejoice and happiness and just, I felt like, wow, I am not the only person who feels like this. And he probably feels that way about me. But he knows how to maneuver. So. When he came downstairs, I hugged him, told him I loved him, went on about my day and everything was great. And all those things I wrote down. Weren't the same Saturday night, Sunday or Monday. So sometimes we got to realize. What we're carrying does not have to be the way it is. Sometimes all you got to do is look at things in a better light. Don't continue to walk in a dim light. Go get a brighter bulb. If it's dark, you don't have to feel around to get around. Go find the light switch. Don't continue to blame others for the way you feel. See where you can make the change. See if it's you. See what you've done wrong to get you in the position you're in. And even if it is somebody else visiting their negativity on you, you don't have to take ownership. It's even okay to tell somebody, you know what? I love you. I love you. But every time we speak, you know, it's it's one bad thing after another and it's starting to weigh down on me. So can we find a way to turn things around for you to make them positive? And if they can't do that, it's okay to start ignoring those calls. You don't have to take ownership of somebody else's constant sadness, especially if you feel it's affecting you and you cannot. Turn them around. You you offer the counseling for them. You tell them to go see somebody. You try to make all the conversations positive. I've been there, you guys. I've been there. I had a friend like that. No matter what, everything's negative And they seem to like it better when things weren't great for me. That doesn't mean that they don't love me or care. They just, they, they're not finding the sunshine. They're not finding their rainbow. And after a couple of years of me not being able to turn it around, I stopped reaching out other than to say, hi, how, you know, I love you. do Not how are you? I almost said that. But hey, I love you. Just thinking about you. Have a beautiful day. But I don't take on their negativity. I don't take it on because it will weigh on you after a while. And it will cross into your life. Now, just move as positively as you can. Yes, you will have bad days. We all will have bad days. Life isn't always roses and beautiful green, lush grass and and the perfect breeze. I've said that before. Sometimes it's weeds, limbs falling, dead leaves falling that you got to go rake, plowing snow, and it's okay. If it wasn't for those days, we wouldn't appreciate the sunshine as much as we do. All right, you guys, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your positivity. I've been getting great feedback. Please, please, please continue that. Continue that. Um, Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A dot McQueen, 69 at Outlook.com. You could always send me a message or an idea. And also, if you've seen that Gallus thing, you could also um engage with me there and other people will be able to see what you feel and what you say. And I ask that people keep their negativity to themselves. I'm not on that. And I'm trying to keep you from being on that, too. All right. Thank you and God bless.